0: Welcome to Sleepyhead Stories! Hey guys, Corey here, and welcome back to another episode of Sleepyhead Stories. Today's book is called The Tale of Little Pig Robinson, and I'm just going to give you all a heads up. It's the longest book in the Peter Rabbit series, so this book will take us two, possibly even three episodes to finish. So today we'll start part one and then next week we'll finish with part two and maybe part three. But no jokes today, no playing around with Conchetta. we're just going and going to get right into the book so this episode doesn't go for too long, okay? But it's a very popular episode in the series, it's a great book, and I hope you enjoy after these messages. Thanks guys. Okay, here we go with The Tale of Little Pig Robinson. Inside it says, To Marjorie, Jean, and David. When I was a child, I used to go to the seaside for the holidays. We stayed in a little town where there was a harbor and fishing boats and fishermen. They sailed away to catch herrings and nets. When the boats came back, some only had caught a few herrings, Others had caught so many that they could not be unloaded onto the quay. Then horses and carts were driven into the shallow water at low tide to meet the heavily laden boats. The fish were shoveled over the side of the boat into carts and taken away to the railroad station, where a special train of fish trucks was waiting. Great was the excitement when the fishing boats returned with a good catch of herrings, half the people in the town ran down to the quiet including cats. There was a white cat called Susan who never missed meeting the boats. She belonged to the wife of an old fisherman named Sam. The wife's name was Betsy. She had rheumatics and she had no family except Susan and five hens. Betsy sat by the fire. Her back ached. She said, "'Ow, ow!' whenever she had to put a coal on and stir the pot. "'Susan sat opposite to Betsy. "'She felt so sorry for Betsy. "'She wished she knew how to put the coal on and stir the pot. "'All day long, they sat by the fire while Sam was away fishing. "'They had a cup of tea and some milk. "'Susan,' said Betsy, "'I can hardly stand up. "'Go to the front gate and look out for Master's boat.' Susan went out and came back. Three or four times she went out into the garden. At last, late in the afternoon, she saw the sails of the fishing fleet coming over in the sea. Go down to the harbor. Ask master for six herrings. I will cook them for supper. Take my basket, Susan. Susan took the basket. Also, she borrowed Betsy's bonnet and little plaid shawl. I saw her hurrying down to the harbor. Other cats were coming out of the cottages and running down the steep streets that led to the seafront. Also, ducks. I remember that they were most peculiar ducks with top knots that looked like tam o' shanter caps. Everybody was hurrying to meet the boats. Nearly everybody. I only met one person, a dog called Stumpy, who was going the opposite way. He was carrying a paper parcel in his mouth. Some dogs do not care for fish. Stumpy had been to the butchers to buy mutton chops for himself, Bob, and Percy, and Miss Rose. Stumpy was a large, serious, well-behaved brown dog with a short tail. He lived with Bob, the retriever, and Percy, the cat, and Miss Rose, who kept house. Stumpy had belonged to a very rich old gentleman, and when the old gentleman died, he left money to Stumpy, Ten shillings a week for the rest of Stumpy's life. So that was why Stumpy and Bob and Percy, the cat, all lived together in a pretty little house. Susan, with her basket, met Stumpy at the corner of Broad Street. Susan made a curtsy. She would have stopped to inquire after Percy, only she was in a hurry to meet the boat. Percy was lame. He had hurt his foot. It had been trapped under the wheel of a milk cart. "'Stumpy looked at at Susan out of the corner of his eye. "'He wagged his tail, but he did not stop. "'He could not bow or say good afternoon "'for fear of dropping the parcel of mutton chops. "'He turned out of Broad Street into Woodbine Lane, "'where he lived. "'He pushed open the front door and disappeared into a house. "'Presently, there was a smell of cooking, "'and I have no doubt that Stumpy and Bob and Miss Rose "'enjoyed their mutton chops.' Percy could not be found at dinner. He had slipped out of the window and, like all other cats in town, had gone to meet the fishing boats. Susan hurried along Broad Street and took the shortcut to the harbor down a steep flight of steps. The ducks had wisely gone another way, round by the seafront. The steps were too steep and slippery for anyone less sure-footed than a cat. Susan went down quickly and easily, there were 43 steps, rather dark and slimy, between high backs of houses. A smell of ropes and pitch and a good deal of noise came from below. At the bottom of the steps was the quay or the landing place, besides the inner harbor. The tide was out. There was no water. The vessels rested on the dirty mud. Several ships were moored beside the quay; Others were anchored inside the breakwater. Near the steps, coal was being unloaded from two grimy colliers called the Marjorie Daw of Sutherland and the Jenny Jones of Cardiff. Men ran along the planks with wheelbarrows full of coal. Coal scoops were swung ashore by cranes and emptied with loud thumping rattling. Farther along the quay, another ship called Pound of Candles was taking a mixed cargo on board, bales, casks, packing cases, barrels, all manner of goods were being stowed into the hold. Sailors and steveders shouted, chains rattled and clank. Susan waited for an opportunity to slip past the noisy crowd. She watched, watched a cast of cider that bobbed and swung in the air on its passage from the quiet to the deck of the pound of candles. A yellow cat, Who sat in the rigging, was also watching the cask. The rope through the pulley, the cask went down bobbity onto the deck where a sailor was waiting for it. Said the sailor down below, Look out! Mind your head, young sir! Stand out of the way! Wee, wee, wee! grunted a small pink pig, scampering round the deck of a pound of candles. The yellow cat in the rigging watched the small pink pig The yellow cat in the rigging looked across at Susan on the quay. The yellow cat winked. Susan was surprised to see a pig on board a ship, but she was in a hurry. She threaded her way along the quay amongst coals and cranes and men wheeling hand trucks and noises and smells. She passed the fish auction and fish boxes and fish shorters and barrels that women were filling with herrings and salt. Seagulls swooped and screamed, Hundreds of fish boxes and tons of fresh fish were being loaded into the hold of a small steamer. Susan was glad to get away from the crowd, down a much shorter flight of steps onto the shore of the outer harbor. The ducks arrived soon afterwards, waddling and quacking. An old Sam's boat, the Betsy Timmons, last of the Herring Fleet and heavy laden, came in round the breakwater and drove her blunt nose into the shingle. Sam was in high spirits. He had had a big catch. He and his mate had two lads commence to unload their fish into carts, and the tide was too low to float the fishing boat up to the quay. The boat was full of herrings, but good luck or bad luck, Sam never failed to throw a handful of herrings to Susan. Here for the two old girls and a hot supper. Catch them, Susan. Honest now. Here's a broken fish for you. Now take the others to Betsy. The ducks were dabbling and gobbling. The seagulls were screaming and swooping. Susan climbed the steps with her basket of herrings and went home by back streets. Old Betsy cooked two herrings for herself and Susan and another for Sam's supper when he came in. Then she went to bed with a hot bottle wrapped in a flannel petticoat to help her rheumatics. Sam ate his supper and smoked a pipe by the fire, and then he went to bed. But Susan sat a long time by the fire, considering. She considered many things—fish and ducks and Percy with a lame foot and the dogs that ate mutton chops and the yellow cat on the ship and the pig— Susan thought it was strange to see a pig upon a ship called the Pound of Candles. The mice peeped out under the cupboard door. The cinders fell together on the hearth. Susan purred gently in her sleep and dreamed of fish and pigs. She could not understand that a pig on board a ship, but I know all about him. Now we're on to chapter two. You remember the song about the Owl and the Pussycat and their beautiful pea green petticoat? How they took some honey and plenty of money wrapped up in a five pound note? They sailed away for a year and a day to the land where the bong trees grow, and there in a wood a piggy wig stood with a ring at the end of his nose. His nose with a ring at the end of his nose. Now I'm going to tell you a story of that pig and why he went to live in the land of the bong tree. When that pig was little, he lived in Devonshire with his aunts, Miss Dorcas and Miss Porkus, at a farm called Piggery Porcum. Their cozy thatched cottage was in an orchard at the top of a steep red Devonshire lane. The soil was red, the grass was green, and far away, below in the distance, they could see red cliffs and a bit of a bright blue sea. Ships with white sails sailed over the sea into the harbor of Stymouth. I have often remarked that Devonshire farms have very strange names. If you have ever seen Piggery Porkham, you, you would think that the people who lived there were very queer, too. Aunt Dorcas was a stout, speckled pig who kept hens. Aunt Porcus was a large, smiling black pig who took in washing. We shall not hear very much about them in this story. But they led prosperous, uneventful lives and their end was, well, bacon. But their nephew, Robinson, had the most peculiar adventures that ever happened to a pig. Little Pig Robinson was a charming little fellow, pinky white with small blue eyes, fat cheeks and a double chin, and a turned up nose with a real silver ring in it. Robinson could see that the ring, Robinson could see the ring if he shut one eye and squinted sideways. He was always contented and happy. All day long, he ran about the farm, singing little songs to himself and grunting, wee, wee, wee. His aunts missed those little songs, sadly, after Robinson had left them. Wee, 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 he answered anybody who spoke to him. Wee, 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 listening with his head on one side and one, on the, uh, and one eye screwed up. Robinson's old aunts fed him and petted him and kept him on the trot. Robinson, Robinson, called Aunt Dorcas. Come quick. I hear a hen clucking. Fetch me the egg. Don't break it now. Wee, 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 answered Robinson, like a little Frenchman. Robinson, Robinson, I've dropped a clothes peg. Come and pick it up for me, Aunt Porcus cried from the drying green. She's being almost too fat to stoop down and pick up anything. Wee, 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 answered Pig Robinson. Both the ants were very, very stout, and the styles in the neighborhood of Stymeth are narrow. The footpath from the piggery porkum crosses many fields, a red-trodden track between short green grass and daisies. And whenever the footpath crosses over from one field to another field, there is sure to be a stile in the hedge. "'It is not me that is is too stout. It is the stiles that are too thin,' said Aunt Dorcas to Aunt Porcus. "'Could you manage to squeeze through them if I stayed at home?' "'I could not. Not for two years I could not,' replied Aunt Porcus. "'Aggravating it is, aggravating of that carrier man to go and upset his donkey cart the day before market day "'and eggs at two and tuppence a dozen. "'How far do you call it to walk all the way round the road instead of crossing the fields?' Hmm, Four miles, if it's one,' sighed Aunt Porcus.' "'and me using my last bit of soap. "'However shall we get our shopping done? "'The donkey says the cart will take a week to mend. Hmm. "'Don't you think you could squeeze through the stiles "'if you went before dinner? "'No, I don't. "'I would stick fast. "'And so would you,' said Aunt Porcus. "'Do you think we might venture?' "'commenced Aunt Dorcas. "'Venture to send Robinson by the footpath to Stymeth?' "'finished Aunt Porcus.' "'Wee-wee-wee!' answered Robinson. "'I scarcely like to send him alone, though he is sensible for his size.' "'Wee-wee-wee!' answered Robinson. "'But there is nothing else to be done,' said Aunt Dorcas. So Robinson was popped into the wash tub with the last bit of soap they had. He was scrubbed and dried and then polished as a bright new pin. Then he was dressed in a little blue cotton frock and knickers, and instructed to go shopping to Stymouth with a big market basket. In the basket there were two dozen eggs, a bunch of daffodils, two spring cauliflowers, also Robinson's dinner of bread and jam sandwiches. The eggs and flowers and vegetables he must sell in the market and bring back various other purchases from the shopping. Now take care of yourself and Stymeth, nephew Robinson. Beware of gunpowder, and ship cooks, (sighs) and sausages, and shoes, and ships, and sealing wax. Remember, the blue bag, the soap, the darning wool. What was the other thing, said Aunt Dorcas? The darning wool, the soap, the blue bag, and the yeast. What was the other thing, said Aunt Porkus. Wee, 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 answered Pig Robinson. The blue bag, the soap, the yeast, the darning wool, the cabbage seed, that's five, and there ought to be six. It was two more than four because it was too many to tie knots in the corners of this hanky to remember by. Six to buy. It should be, I have it, said Aunt Porcus. It was tea. Tea, blue bag, soap, darning wool, yeast, cabbage seed. <sighs> you will buy most of them at Mr. Mumby's "'Explain about the carrier, Robinson. "'Tell him we will bring the washing "'and some more vegetables next week.' "'Wee, wee, wee,' answered Robinson, "'setting off with the big basket. "'Aunt Dorcas and Aunt Porcas stood in the porch. "'They watched him safely out of sight down the field "'and through the first of many styles. "'When they went back to their household, "'they were grunty and snappy with each other "'because they were uneasy about Robinson.' I wish we had not let him go. You and your tiresome blue bag, said Aunt Dorcas. Blue bag indeed. It was your darning woolen eggs, grumbled Aunt Porcus. Oh, bother that carrier man and his donkey cart. Why could he not keep out of the ditch all day after market? And that is the end of chapter two. And I'm going to stop there, guys. So just to recap, we talked about the fishing village and Susan the cat and her uh, human owners Betsy and the fisherman Sam and they described the fishing town and how Susan goes down and gets the fish and she saw a pig on the boat and she was surprised to see a pig on a boat and she fell asleep by the fire that night dreaming about him and how what what's going on why is he on a boat And then in chapter two, we meet Pig Robinson and his two silly aunts who are so big and chubby that they can't fit through the styles, which is basically like fit through the fence posts um, to go to town to buy shopping because usually the merchant comes with his cart and they buy from that. But his cart was broken. So now they have to send Pig Robinson out with all kinds of things to sell and then a list of things to bring back and they're just really worried because it's the first time pig robinson has gone out on his own Oh, sorry guys <laughs> so we will be back next week and we will try to finish the rest of the book next week i hope you're enjoying the tale of little pig robinson have a great day or a great night bye guys Thanks for listening to this episode of Sleepyhead Stories. And if you're new here, welcome. We release a new episode each week, so be sure to stay tuned. If you'd like to hear more from us, please go on our website, sleepyheadstoriespodcast.com. We have photos on there, merchandise, there are links to our Instagram and Facebook pages. You can even send us a message. And speaking of messages, there are our favorite thing about doing this podcast is to hear from you guys. You can even find a link in the show notes and you can send us a voice message that we can publish on a future episode of Sleepyhead Stories. Guys, thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. We love doing Sleepyhead Stories and we love sharing books with all of you. Have a great day or a great night and we will talk to you in the next episode. Bye.